Hey folks, it's Blamo. I'm Jeremy Kirkland. I'm here. You're here. We're all here. Let's go. Okay, uh, we're talking boots right now. Boots, right? You know, I'm, I'm into boots. I'm into bigger shoes. I'm into the handcrafted nature. The boots. I feel like everyone's wearing boots right now, whether they're like Cuban heels or side zips or back zips or engineer boots, all sorts of different types of boots. Um, it's, it's a boot world and we're stomping in it. But this was an idea that kind of popped from a text thread I was on with Jeremy Smith of Standard and Strange, who, uh, surprise, is a guest. I hit him up like many folks do when they're wanting the DL on that obscure Japanese brand, or in my case, that boot brand. And he's there explaining it to me and trying to rationalize why this brand is better than that, why this brand is different than this. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Because, you know, I get this from listeners and folks on all sorts of things, from uh, arguing over whatever hot take I had about music or how does that shirt fit or I like those glasses or, you know, and it's cool. I'm not gatekeeping here, but we're deep diving. And this, this is a deep dive episode and it's about, well, boots with uh, Jeremy Smith, the standard and strange. And if you like these, we're going to do more. And if you don't like them, it's okay. We're still going to do more. But like the, the point is, it's a narrow topic. It's very inside baseball, but with a very open mind. Because yes, I'm like, dude, this is insane. I don't understand why this boot costs this much. I don't understand why, you know, like it, this is a normal question versus pretending to act like you understand so you don't look like you don't. Because um, I'm the first person to admit I don't understand half this stuff. But I'm like, look, this is insane. This is just nuts talking about these boots and these boots being this expensive and making it this way when there's no point to do it and technology's better. But like, then I was like, wait a second, we're all listening to a podcast about clothes. So this is already insane, right? So here we go. We're going to do a deep dive with Jeremy Smith of Standard and Strange. We're talking boots. All right. I love you all. Let's go. Um, what'd you have for breakfast? I had... What did I have? I had a Starbucks egg and cheese muffin while I was driving to Wilkes-Barre to buy sewing machines. Where? Why were you buying sewing machines? Um, sitting over there, I'm looking at them right now. I got a Reese 101 button, keyhole buttonhole chain stitch for a thousand bucks. That's usually four thousand. Okay. And an off the arm 38500 Union Special. That's usually thirty five hundred, also for a grand. I don't know how I'm gonna get them back to Oakland, but Wait, you you have to bring these back to Oakland. Well, I gotta ship them, but they're big, heavy machines. But they're how do you ship a machine like that's uh, that have you crate it and you freight it? Is that I don't wonder. What do you mean? Like... You, you put you build a oh you crate. put it in a crate. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Duh. You crate it up. You you ship it freight. It's not gonna be cheap, but right. The fact is, I got like seven to eight thousand dollars in machines for two thousand bucks. If I spend a thousand dollars shipping them, I don't care. So did you find these what on Facebook Marketplace or something? <laughs> I was on Craigslist just on a whim to see if there's anything out here, and I stumbled yeah. on this guy in Wilkesbury who buys dead factories, and he's got thousands of machines in this place. It was I had to leave. It was overwhelming. I could have bought twenty machines. And this Wilkesbury from. Vermont? Wilkesbury Wilkes looks like Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, over That's there by how, Scranton. Yes. Yeah. With the Where, office. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Scranton's a real place. It's not made. Well up. that that I know. I've driven through it. Um so this is a pod like no other pod ever. One we're in person, which isn't, that's not a huge deal, but we're in the shop surrounded by boots. This was a very interesting idea that I mean I think we both had because 
I've talked to you. Here's the thing, as you're aware, I love clothes. I like I like to buy clothes. I like to experiment. I like to figure out my style. However, like most people, I tend to, I'm interested in everything. But I mean, the last time I was here, I think I had these jeans on. I think I might've had this shirt on. I'm a creature of habit. And so it's very difficult for me to get outside of my comfort zone. I'm air quoting that word because it's just like a a knowledge thing. So like, as you're aware, I have no problem talking to people about this stuff all day, but I have a ton of problem understanding it for myself. So we're talking about boots because I have worn, I've wanted to get a nicer pair of boots, like, but a boot that I could actually do stuff in. Not a boot where someone says, oh, you're going to chop some wood. Not, not a cosplay boot. We're not talking about um, 2009. Was that, um, that picture that was all over Tumblr? Or was that Aaron? Oh, you're talking about the Aaron. Yeah, that's the a continuous lean. This is like if someone's making a TikTok of it. Yeah, of a continuous lean. It's Aaron Levine in his barber with his red wing boots. And I think No, he's he's wearing a plaid wool rich and he's smoking a big cloud of smoke outdoors in the winter. Oh, that's from Pity. That's from Pity last year. No, no, this was an old, old picture. This was oh. maybe, maybe I'm conflating the two, but yeah, it was like a peak menswear moment. Um yeah, but is this like the Red Wing? Yeah, because I remember I had the Red Wing, the Red Wing J Crew boot. Yeah, I had that. Never it never fit. Um, I was living here, and because of the sole, I slipped. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Fuck these boots!" Yeah. And then I bought Alden modified last plain toe boots in black shell. They were awesome. They were a lot of money for me at the time. They were a whopping price of six hundred and seventy-one dollars. I remember when Aldens were affordable and. Art didn't need another airplane. Yeah, and <laughs> and but they they were good boots and they were comfy and I and I did wear them a good amount. But you know, then the other boot I had is I have you know like during like the Visvim head phase I had Virgils and so like Virgils for me are kind of the easier to understand easier. Yeah. Boot. I mean, the Virgils a great boot to sort of like get into how to read a boot like you'd read a shoe. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better way to describe it, because you know we all know how to look at a you know a gunboat or an oxford or like any of the like canonical menswear shoes mm-hmm. and the virgil is like a really good boot to break into boots with cuz what it is it's a, just a service boot it's a really nice service boot you said a service boot what defines so, a service boot in so generally it's sort of like a 6 to 7 to short 6 6 to 7 eyelet shortish like a 6 inch boot roughly based on world war world war 2 boots Okay, is this like kind of like a Timberland? No, no, it's more like what you know. the The prototypical one is, um, you know, it's usually in a rough out tan suede called a Boondocker. It's, it was worn in the Pacific Theater, and they were rough out suede for sort of moisture management. And I believe the part number back then was like the M forty three boot or something. Okay, the original M forty threes actually went the first. I don't have my timeline quite right on this, but at one point. They actually had an extra cuff with buckles on top. And then eventually oh, people, yeah. people yeah, just yeah. cut that off and eventually they just stopped making it that way. And just, we wound up with like this. What was the cuff? What was the buckle for? Do you know? Ankle support or something? Probably some uniform thing. I don't. Yeah. Because a lot well of this enough. stuff was also made to fit a wide variety yeah. of people. And obviously what we're talking about now is to fit a narrow variety of people. Well, <laughs> it's actually to make boots for the army. So first of all, sized boots and even sided boots weren't a thing like in the 1800s. You just had one boot and maybe three sizes and it didn't even have a side. It would develop a side as you wore it. What? Yeah. Like early footwear, especially for the masses, would just be like straight, no no shape, like no side. It would just like, you just wear it in to fit. And oh. they wouldn't even be really be sized. It'd be kind of like a small, medium, large, if anything. Okay. This whole concept of having like standardized sizes and stuff is relatively modern. Anyway, jumping back to World War II. So that's 
what you said there about fitting the most number of people. Yeah. When you look at a World War II boot, and you're talking about the modified last. Yes. That's a very comfortable last because it's very similar to the last that the military. It's narrow in the it's narrow in the waist of of the yep. You know, and then it's wider on the forefoot yep. and it's foot shaped. Yeah, it's shaped like a foot, and also because I've said this in other pods. My feet, my my arches are pretty fallen. And so for me to wear something, which is why I wear like Mephistos and Birkenstocks mm-hmm. and all these things, like I want the arch support and I want to be, you know, I'm I'm moving and I'm grooving, man. I'm hitting I'm hitting that concrete runway. So I can't it's hard to flex when I don't know one, what my boot size is. And also all the other stuff I have, my feet just fall apart and they're down. Yeah. So and the thing about sort of the range of boots we deal with is a lot of them are super supportive. They can be as supportive as you want. You know, we kind of have a range of like less boot, more boot, but in general, they all have a bit of a stacked heel, which pushes up and helps create some arch support in the boot. And a lot of them are built on lasts that are very foot shaped. Okay. We're going to pause. What is a last? So a last is when you're making a pair of anything, I think excluding maybe all birds, you take a mold that's roughly the shape of a foot with, you know, if you glued the toes together, Mm -hmm. wrap the leather or whatever the upper is over it, and then you put the bottom on. It's the form for the shoe. Okay. If you're going to make a bunch of boots or a bunch of shoes, and for people who don't know this, you have one last per size. If you're going to do sizes and widths, you have, let's say, five through 13 for sizing, but on the half size, so five, five, half, etc. But then if you're going to have widths, then you've got, you know, say you've got a 7A, a 7B, a 7C, a 7D, E, double E, and so on. Right. And so you can get into like, if you're ever wondering why mass market footwear doesn't have size, doesn't have widths as well as sizes, it's because you just get into this like stock dilemma. If you had the shoes to fit everybody, you would have, you know, just one size running like a hundred pairs. Oh, wow. Okay. And roughly like 12, there's about 12, you, so there's about, I think 14 pairs in like a really broad size run times yeah. five sizes. Okay. So yeah. You'd have like 70 pairs just for one style. Right. And Jeez. So that's why, you know, like when Red Ring did the J. Crew boot, you could only get in a D width. Yeah. Yeah. Excluding yeah, a bunch of people right away. And, you know, most of what we have does only come in D width, but there are a lot of variations where some do run wider and we do some custom program provide wide or narrow. But in general, you get what you get for width. So this brings me to a different point. And you and I have talked about this before, like privately and Fit is relative, right? I mean, because that's the thing yeah. is like, especially like I worked at a, you, you obviously own and run a store. I worked at, worked at a store, uh, different stores over the course of my life and trying to size people, which is the point of this pod, trying to size people in footwear specifically is always really, really difficult. I mean, when I did, when I was talking about, I don't know, it might've been on Derek's pod or whatever, but we talked about bespoke boots and all that, uh, shoes. And I had these St. Crispins and my idea of how something should fit was very different than what is Philip's idea mm-hmm. was something should fit. Yeah, absolutely. And so the question was, who is right? You know, and this isn't like a customer thing or a merchant, but like, because he was like, no, it needs to be really tight. It needs to be really tight around your thing. It's going to stretch. It's going to do all this stuff. I purposely said, you know, that my, oh, this is the right size when I was in excruciating pain because I thought my foot was going to get better. And I think that's the thing too that like I kind of want to like unpack a little bit because when you're trying to size someone and you were saying like, yeah, a lot of these things are in the same width to talk about that J. Crew boot. There were a lot of people who probably bought that boot like myself and were like, oh, I'm just going to wear thick socks. 
or I'm going to do this because I'm going to try to compensate for the lack, the variety of the sizes and the widths. And you can, to a degree, fix fit with an insole or a sock. Right. So with engineer boots especially, it's very easy to fix fitment issues just by putting in an insole. Okay. Because that's like a slip-on boot and it's a glove-like fit. And you can kind of do like a quarter size thing with it with insoles. Lace-ups can be a little more challenging, but you can use like tongue pads and things like that to fine-tune the fit. But going back to what you're asking about, like fitting someone in boots is we're really good at doing it online. It's one of our strengths. We really don't get many fit returns because we start at, you know, the Brannock is not that useful of a tool, but you can at least get a length from it. And people will tell us what other footwear they have. And from doing this for so long... Brannock. Sorry, the Brannock is that when you're a little kid, you went to the shoe store on the main street or whatever, and the salesman pulled out the silver <laughs> thing and you yeah. put your foot in it and measured it. Yeah, this this thing. Um, you can probably hear it on the mic. Yeah, it's like a size <laughs> scale for feet. And before yeah. everyone gets upset at me, all of the footwear nerds listening to this, the... Brannock is not accurate. It's only good for relative sizing. But Uh-oh. if you use rel- one, pick one reference point and go from that one reference point, it's easy to figure stuff out. And so we say- So that's every- your Rosetta Stone, basically. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I put when I put my foot on the, on the Brannock, it gives me complete nonsense because the shape and size of my foot. And I don't wear that size at all. But I know that relative, that my Brannock size will just say a 12E. Mm-hmm. And I know that in length, most of our boots are Brannock minus one, so I would wear an 11 length. Mm, okay. okay. And so okay. on. And so having that relative point to start from kind of... Because whether the Brannock is correct or not, it, it does become the North Star yeah. more or less, right? Okay. And then people can tell us, well, I wear a size nine in an Alden Berry Last. Yeah. And that's, what, when, that's what started this whole conversation. Yeah. yeah. And then we can say, well, we don't stock Alden, but we do know that the Berry Last is Brannock minus one. So pretty much take the same size in this boot. And we're usually right. Mm-hmm. And the only issues really come up when it comes to sort of how does the rest of the length is only one measure and width. Then it's like, what is your arch doing? How much volume is your foot? Do you have yeah. a fat foot, a skinny foot, a tall foot? Can you point your foot? Can you not point your foot? There's so many things that impact this three-dimensional morphic object that you can't, that's the front, so the industry, so I worked on <laughs> digital sizing tools for a while. And, yeah, I remember we talked about that. And yeah, morphic yeah. is like your rear rib cage, um, your arms, they change size as you move and breathe. Oh. And so that makes sizing very complicated to say, oh, I scanned your body and you're a 44 long. Oh, right. Because like throughout the day, right? So my foot is probably a different size because well, I was walking around. I was around. using a suiting example, but yeah, oh, it's okay. like even as you breathe, you're a different size. Shit. Yeah. So as you walk, your foot changes size and shape. Your foot gets bigger over the course of the day. It swells up and all these things change. Yeah. And that's why there's no such thing as just like scan a foot, get get a fit. Like the holy grail that everyone was chasing with these um, foot scanners a few years ago. And the foot scan, the foot scan craze. Well, that one guy <laughs> sold his company in England. Oh, wait, you're yeah, serious? Yeah, you, you could get your foot laser scanned what? right off Savile Row. Bro, this guy, um, I cannot remember the name of the company. Frank's comp- Foot yeah. Scan Well, company. he sold that to, I don't know, some huge company. It was oh, like a- To Frederick's Foot yeah, Scan Yeah, it was company. like bespoke footwear based <laughs> on foot scans. But 
The fact is scanning is one of those things that just didn't work. What has been working has always been relative sizing. And when you look at like digital tools, the only thing that really works out there is stuff like TrueFit, where they just take like buckets of data and just give you comparative fit. Yeah, TrueFit is is like stuff that's on people's websites and sometimes yeah. where it's like, hey, what's your size? You know, like say like J Crew. It's like, what's yeah. your size in a in Ralph Lauren? Well, I'm a medium. Yeah. Okay, so we re- you we think you're gonna be a small yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 that's it. And they do that for footwear too, or they're like, What size are you in New Balance? Air Force One or, yeah, or whatever. Okay. And then you go from there. It doesn't really work for us because we don't have enough data to map back to that. Right. But we do the same thing conceptually with what we know. And so that's how we size for online. In person, it's a lot easier because we can just grab two or three boots. <laughs> you can visually see the person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just grab two or three boots and we're usually pretty good at getting on the first shot. Right. And we, you know, don't really mean this to be a pod talking about how we do it, but that information gets recycled back into online customer service because we see on the sales floor how things fit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, the other interesting thing, and I think this is maybe an advantage or whatever, but like, so when I was doing shoe size stuff, it was like an Oxford shoe, right? Which depending on what camp you fall into, there was a certain rule of thumb into how much space of you needed yep. to have between like the lacing, right? Yeah. You know, and because I remember, so I one of my favorite shoes uh, is this old, it's a very, very old, I've had the shoe resold like two or three times. It's the Alden Snap Blast. And um, yeah, I, I never heard of it. It was a Brooks Brothers Alden plain toe thing, whatever. Wow. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was a great, yeah, I don't, I, I found them on eBay. I had them resold. But the, when I went and it was like, maybe it was Koji Suzuki or someone, but he was like, oh, that shoe doesn't fit. And I was like, no, this is my best fitting shoe. And he said, no, it doesn't. And he looked at it and he was like, you have to close because it was in Oxford. Right. He's like, it's all the way closed and it's almost like overlapping. I had to pull it so tight. And he's like, there's not enough. You know, you need yeah. less space in your instep. Well, joke's on him because the shoes he made me never fit. But... <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think with boots, no one is being like, well, how much closure yeah. do you have uh, over your instep? I'm, I'm you sure know, with dress this- boots, there's something like some rule that I don't, just don't care about. Yeah. Um, well, or, and again, right. And so that's that, but that is kind of a factor that we should kind of keep in mind is because like, what are the things that you shouldn't care about? Right. Because a lot of this is like, you're trying to, because for me, it's the point of this. Let's, how do we reduce the barrier of entry for selfish Jeremy to get more swag in his life and to get and to buy a pair of boots? So, and so what are the things I should not pay attention to versus what are the things that I should pay attention to? And that that's going to be on a like shape by shape boost. I'm looking over at the boot wall here. Yeah. Sort of a shape by shape basis because, and then it's also personal preferences. I don't like heel slip. I hate it. What's heel slip? That's when you're walking in a pair of shoes or Oh, and your heel slips. Your heel slips up. Okay, great. And I like a tight, like a tight, not a tight, but like a snug fitting shoe without a ton of extra room at the toe. Is there a certain sock? That you're like, these are my boot socks. Or do you just have socks and those are also the socks you wear with boots? Um, I do. T- so for I have personally, and also we sell um, a lot of boot socks from Black Sign, from Attractions. I'm working on making some boot socks now to my standard. And we sell like a thin boot sock and a thick boot sock. Okay. And I'll even change, like I have some boots where I'll wear my thick sock because there's more room in them. And I'll take up just that little extra room. And I have some boots that I have to wear the thin, like the thin jersey 
jersey, almost dress sock thickness. Oh, lordy. But, but you wear the right sock and they're super comfortable. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, because I have, I have a thinner sock, like a dress sock, I'm air quoting, that I'll wear for some of my dress shoes. You know, but like right now I'm wearing, I don't know, like a Bombas or something, some sort of yeah. cotton thing that's just kind of like tennis yeah, shoes. Or- it, socks are also super, you know, general recommendation is Darn Tough makes great boot sock. Uh, if you're going to wear- The brand is called Darn Tough. Yeah, they're up in Vermont. They're direct only, but the fact is the best sock is the one that you like. Ah, uh, there we go. And because there's also like so many, so much variability in like how a sock feels. It's like some people want full Terry. Some people don't. Some people like a tight sock. You know, some people are very particular about, you know, how grippy they are around the calf. And Jeez Louise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everyone has very different opinions about socks. And it's almost like a minefield where, you know, we choose to sell a certain range of socks and that's that. This is why we're all into clothes. Is yes. Because at the end of the day, what works best for you yeah. is fine. <laughs> you know, I'm wearing like an over the calf, knee height boot sock now Good, for black those sign. Are, those are huge socks. Whose socks are those? Those are black sign. These are, I mean, these are socks. Those are big. Yeah. Or an engineer boot. They're oh. they're thick and cushioned all the way up to here, and they have a really aggressive rib here, so they don't slide down my calf, and they go all the way to my knee. They, you know what they look like? Do you remember in the '90s, Nike had the hoop yep. sock that all the cool soccer players wore? Yep. It was like a it, you had like a bumblebee sort of thing. Yeah. It was, oh man, I I just got like a serious flashback. Those were yeah. amazing. Well, socks. I like I like these two because the stripe version. You wear them with low shoes, and you've got some intro, visual interest. It's not just like you're wearing a black sock, you know? You're not like walking around like, hey, look at my black socks. I yeah. just have black socks in my gotcha. wardrobe. Um, and they don't slip. They're nice and grippy. And for me, they're an ideal boot sock. Yeah. For other people, they're not. You know, Fair. Neil, my business partner, likes to wear those like smart wool uh, hiker kind of socks. Like the, oh, yeah. bra- the the gray brown. I have those too. With the red top, like red top kind of thing. Yeah, the ones that's the sock puppet sock. Yeah, yeah, that one. Syphil and Alley. Yeah, I think Ironheart made extra heavy duty ones a few years ago. Yeah, and yeah. he got a grip of those, and you know that's that's the sock that he liked. Yep, there you go. And you know, it's a good place to talk about fit differences. Like Neil doesn't really mind wearing a sloppy fit engineer boot. Yeah, he's a clomper. Yeah, that's like, no shots to you, Neil, if you're listening. But there's a lot of clomping, and it's you know, and it's fine. That's like personal preference and fit. And for me, I'm more like I need a snug fit. I need my heel. Like I've got very big round heels and I need my boot to like sort of fit around the heel. And that's where fit for me comes from is when I put the boot on, does my heel kind of like snap into place? Um, and then once everything's kind of adjusted, am I kind of in the boot and held in? Okay. Now I've come around a bit on heel slip and engineer boots because you won't get blisters from it. Oh, because my, yeah. what, what does, what is something that gives you blisters? Is um, it too tight a fit or too loose a fit or both? Be too tight of a fit can give you blisters in one way, like on your toes. Yeah. And then, too loose of a fit you can get a lot of up and down friction on your heel and that's going to give you a blister too if it's like in a lace-up because in mm. a lace-up your heel's being driven back mm-hmm. so if you have heel slip while you're laced in there's only one place for your heel to go and that's straight up and down but i found with the engineer boots right yeah um you know my, when we were scouting locations a couple years ago i was wearing a pair from clinch which is this japanese handmade boot brand and we walked like 18 miles one day and you walked 18 miles in, in an boots, engineer boot in soho and how are your feet? 
fine. They were tired, but they didn't, they weren't, they're were like tired and sore, but not painful, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So this is, this brings me to the larger, you know, thing that I want us to discuss. One, I do want to discuss some of these brands that I guess they're Japanese brands, but like, I don't know if it's a joke. Like, cause one of, one of the brand names didn't make any sense. Clinch. I mean, there's all these names, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to those. But the fact that like, for me, I'm in New York. I know I'm in New York for a bit. I brought basically like walking shoes. Like I'm a 90 year old man. Like I would love to have worn like a boot or a, a loafer or something like that. But I know that I'm going to be walking around. And so the fact that you're like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, because these fit me well, I walked around all day and I'm fine. Maybe not a person's going to walk 18 miles. I'm sure yeah, there's some other things that different. are built into that. But, you know, that that's but that is like hopeful to me because I don't know. This is like a dumb thing. But like, if I look like a clown, I it's over. I yeah. have to I have to. I have to wear the right, right. I mean, I'm as vain as vain can be. I'll admit it. So like, I have to have, you know, the shoe that I'm going to wear versus like, damn, like there's been other times I've come here and I wore the shoe that I like knew looked better on me. And then halfway through the day, I went home and changed it. Or I went back to my hotel and changed into other boots that were, or other shoes that were going to fit me better. Like, I, I admit, it, like, I got just suffered. So there's hope. I mean, for clarity, right now I'm sitting here in Crocs, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. That's because yesterday I got caught. I only brought one pair of boots in this whole trip. And yesterday got caught in the most absurd torrential downpour. Yeah, it sounds like I missed that. It was pretty nuts, huh? It was, it was like a Hong Kong typhoon situation. Sweet. It was soaked through instantly. And then my boot, which are relatively waterproof, being good, you're welted, filled with water from the inside from running down my soaked legs. And so now my boots are stuffed with um, newspaper and I'm wearing my house shoes around outside like a slob. Hey. But, you know, so it goes. Okay, let's talk about some of these brands here. So you have how many different Japanese brands of, um, of boot boots? We're off just top of my boots. head, I've got Lofgren, Rolling Dub, Clinch, uh, Attraction, Viz Vim. I think that's everything that's on the wall right now. I have Sagara from Indonesia. I have some real. I have one one real McCoy's boot, and I think that covers what we're rolling with in here at the moment. Okay, we usually have Wesco, but. Wesco is running so far behind that we have sold out completely um, from they're, uh, they're from up by Portland. So right now our our boot game is a hundred percent Japanese. Okay, so let's you said a few names that sounded like a comic book. So yeah. okay, Clinch that is the one that I'm the most vaguely familiar with. Yeah. So Clinch, who's Clinch? What's Clinch? What makes Clinch, Clinch, Clinch is like it's the top tier Japanese boot brand. Honestly, they're five guys you know led by a cobbler turned cord waner. What's and- a cord waner? A bootmaker. Okay. If you call someone who makes shoes a cobbler, and I can't be responsible for what they, whatever they do next. If they like, just like run you through the leather splicing machine after that. Oh wow! Okay, so that, like, that's a slur. Okay, yeah. So cobbler is somebody who repairs shoes. A cord wainer makes shoes. Oh, all right. Big, big, big difference, and that's important to the story. So Minoru starts as a cobbler repairing other people's shoes, develops his own last, and starts relasting. So he starts changing the shape of boot. That are brought to him for rebuild. Okay. So it takes them apart completely, pulls them over this new form, mm-hmm. and it's a new boot. And then he's like, at this point, has acquired all the skills to build boots from scratch. And the repair company, the cobbler company, was called Brass. And Clinch is the brand, their sub brand that makes boots. And it is this is lit- very much an only in Japan thing. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, complete craft operation. There's like literally five guys in a basement somewhere in Tokyo. And the operation is so cramped that half of it is stored in a garage, like a quarter mile walk away. Okay. Because we last time we were hanging out with them, I think it was like 
late May last year or something. It was unbelievably hot in Tokyo, which it had, you know, that time of year it is. Mm-hmm. And we go for this long ass walk to this garage where there's like some motorcycles and then like all the cut uppers waiting to come back for sewing. Jeez. And the way they make their boots is they are not hand sewn, they're hand cut. And then they are machine sewn, but then they are hand lasted. And this is super important because most boots, most of what we sell and most of what any boot store sells are machine lasted. So you're putting a big sheet, you take the sock, like the upper before yeah. it's got a bottom on it and they call it the upper and you put it in a machine with the last to be formed on and the machine just like smashes everything into place. Pulls oh, And it's called, you know, it's a lasting machine. It pulls the upper into place and this works with, Commercial lasts, because commercial lasts are flat on the bottom. The lasts that Clinch uses are hand-carved, and they are shaped like your foot on the bottom. They're anatomical, and you cannot machine last that. And so they've sort of optimized their manufacturing process to use the best tool for the best step. Machine sewn upper makes perfect sense. Machine stitches are perfect and strong Mm -hmm. and quick, and hand-lasting gives you the best fit. So if you do all that together, you get a great boot. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't have sore feet after walking around all day as I was walking in foot shaped. Is those, those are your clinch boots? Yeah, they're foot shaped in three dimensions. And so, you know, that's only like one layer of leather, one layer of rubber. Uh, these aren't these boots aren't on like thick wedge soles or big lug soles. They're just yeah. on thin um regular rubber soles. Wow. Okay. And so, that's clinch. That's we don't really have And what's what's the price range of clinch? Clinch is 1500 to a little over 2000 and it's pretty supply limited, so typically we'll get a delivery of 10 to 30 pairs at the most and <laughs> usually will sell out within a day of the good sizes um it's you mean like the more commons like yeah, 9 and 10 yeah. and 11 whatever like yeah, 8 okay. through whatever will sell out pretty much instantly and you know they're very difficult to get mm-hmm. and they're worth you know it's worth the struggle it's worth the price everyone who gets a pair is ecstatic about them and then because so yeah, it sounds like clinch has a following they do they have a very yeah. big very deep following clinch head um, yeah Clinchers. Clinchers, yeah. <laughs> um, people love them and they'll often buy several. This is pairs. a riot, by it the way. Is. This whole this whole podcast and my head's half exploded, but sorry. Yeah, go ahead. To see like what Clinch can do, it's and because it's only five of them, they can make the craziest. They did a collaboration with another Japanese brand called Black Sign, and they made this boot that is a knee-high 18. I don't even 18 Oh, yeah, eyelid. I saw that thing. That thing looks crazy. It's like the LL Bean, the first yeah, LL Bean boot. Incredible in person. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for my personal pair. Oh my God, are you serious? I have four pairs on order oh of boots from them. And so far I've received one. So they take a while to make. They, t- they can take a long time to make. And they sort of, they don't make things in order. They make things in a way that makes sense for their production flow. Okay, So sure. sometimes things will show up out of order, but it's fine because when you finally get it, it is worth the wait. But so most people that are like, because this is the thing that is why I also brought up Clinch first is a buddy of mine who's really big into, I don't know, like he's he's a guy who knows a lot about clothes, but he's not a person where like clothes runs his life like me. Um, and he was like, yo, have you heard of the shop Standard and Strange? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm like, well, I guess you've never listened to the pod. But um, like, well, we're not friends but, anymore. Yeah, but he was like, he's like, yo, he's like, they carry clinch. He's like, I've been trying to get a pair so much that he had said he's going to Japan. Yeah. Like and to do this. Clinch does have some pairs. If you go to Japan, you, you might get a pair. And 
And it depends on what they have made and what they have in stock. That's crazy. I mean, that's uh, awesome, but it's like, I think wow. For stockists, and I could I could be way off. I think it's us and Pancho and Lefty, Pancho and Lefty in Sweden, and Clinch have it, and that's about it. Okay, wow. Um, and I think Black Sign in Nagoya has a stock of the transcontinent. So that's Clinch. Um, and the other one you said is... So, Not a weed brand, but they're Rolling called... Dub Trio. So okay. Rolling Dub Trio. Well, Jeez, these so, names, man. Well, I asked them the first time we hung out with them. Um, I mean, they're cool. They're cool names. Let me be very clear. I'm interested in all. They're of them. they're super nice guys. There's two of them now. Originally, there was three of them. Hence, Trio, Trio, and Rolling Dub was because there's huge into reggae and dub. That's it. Oh my god. One of the dudes has like massive head of dreads, and mm, okay. They do they do very small batch production. Their workshop that does all of their boot production, if I recall correctly, is something like five to eight operators. Okay. So they're also a very small batch company. What's the difference between Rolling Dub Trio and Clinch? Or so is there? There's a, I mean, the designs, the fits, the shapes, they're completely okay, different so aesthetic. like everything. <laughs> yeah. So Clinch is a very, I'm not going to say delicate, but it's a very refined, thin, like the the soul, the, the profiles are very low profile. They don't have big bump toes. They have... Um, this is Clinch. Yeah. Okay. It's a much more like dressier look. Like they oh. make a pair of jodhpurs that'll blow your mind if you look them up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, it's one of, that's actually one of the styles I have on order because they're so gorgeous. They're like absolutely perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah, boots. I love Jodfer boots. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like almost they're like a dress shoe level, you know, like what you're talking about, like bespoke shoemaker boot. Okay. And then rolling dub trio, you know, all of these brands, like the manufacturing quality is going to be pretty much on par. Mm. They are all incredibly incredibly meticulous because they are all at a very high price point compared to Red Wing. Right. You know, you don't get in you don't get in boots here for under like nine hundred bucks, maybe eight hundred. And you know This it's, is like level ninety nine stuff. This is yeah. Yeah. So quality wise, I'm not gonna say any of these are better or worse quality. These are all coming from the best factories and workshops around. And so like the rolling dub aesthetic, and I'll just try to describe it while pointing for Jeremy. So <laughs> on the second row I'll put there, a link. We'll, we'll use a link in yeah, the show notes. Um, you had asked me about these um, stitched down, double stitched down Munson last boots called the Roots. Okay, there's about 10,000 things we got to explain on there. Okay. First off, what is a double stitched down? Okay, so when you make a pair of shoes, everyone in this pod, everyone listening to this knows what a Goodyear welted shoe is. Yes. Because we were all around in 2008. Yes. Um. <laughs> Stitch down is what you see the Pacific Northwest makers using. Yes. And if I recall correctly, I think it's also what the Desert Boot uses. It's similar to Norwegian. So instead of tucking the upper under, mm -hmm. it splays out and is stitched down around the outside. Hence, stitch down. So it looks like a, a very wide welt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. he's holding up the boot. I mean, again, we'll yeah. put a link in this. So yeah. People it's it's like, not a welt, though. It's like this is not because yeah. there's no welting on it. It's actually the upper, le the leather of the upper. And what it's a very distinctive shape, though. It looks yeah. like a little bit like a waddling, almost like duck thing. Yeah. That's not a pejorative, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's... And that's one of the things about Rolling Dove is a lot of their silhouettes are very distinctive. Yeah. And like the roots, this particular boot is one of their most popular and it's got what's called a woodsman heel, which is this sort of shape stacked heel in the back leather it's almost rubber. like a cuban sort of thing yeah. but it bevels a lot more yeah. yeah gorgeous heel like look at that finishing and that is pretty incredible you know if you look at what i call the uh the boots butt here where the back yeah. the boot is like there's a big deep pocket for your heel to drop into so you put these on lace them up they're not going anywhere and these are much stiffer you know it's a it's a true like woodsman up pacific northwest doing shit in the woods boot and you would also the other thing you said was munson last oh months so back to the world war ii thing oh. the munson last was developed by dr munson um, is a military lab with Beaker and Munson. Yes. 
the Muppets. Yeah. Um, And so it's a foot-shaped last. It's designed to fit as many feet as possible. Okay. And it is really one of the most comfortable lasts out there. And you see a lot of people using it. Just because it's wider. It's wider and it's very, very foot shaped. It has a broad toe. Like if you look at your feet, you don't got a pointy toe. Yeah, exactly. You know, your foot is wide and flat at the end. It's not pointed. Right. Um, So, you know, it's got a little bit of a waist to it. So it still has a nice waist. Yeah. And And the waist for folks, that's basically what's right above the heel of a boot. It's 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 the shoe middle. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And so if you, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the indie boot. So if you look at an indie boot underneath, the thing's got no waist. It's true. It's yeah. just like a blob. It looks like a jelly bean. And, <laughs> you know, and it's comfortable because it's just this giant foot bucket you put and your foot in. Indiana Jones. Yes, wore his foot buckets. <laughs> um, but the Munson is a much more refined idea around that true balance. And the modified last, and I could be wildly wrong here, is a cousin of the Munson because the wider foot, the narrower waist, and the anatomical fit. Yeah, when that was the boot that I was we were talking about earlier is was like I love this because I have flat feet. I wanted to wear boots. I wanted, you know, cuz I like at one point there were like the best Alden makeups, you know, was not LeFaux, it was not leather sole, it was not like it, this was just for a, a small window. It was um Stephen Allen, which like dead serious, Stephen Mr. Grossman. Like shout out to Stephen Allen, man. They the they made the best Alden makeups for like non Alden fanboys. We were Seriously. just like, that's a perfect that yeah, it was just a simple boot and it fit everyone. And so that was, you know, shout out to Steven Allen. That was really where I got more interested because a person like me who has trouble fitting into everything, I was like, oh, I could wear boots like this. Yeah. Well, so we used to be a we used to be an Alden stockist and eventually the QA issues killed it for us, like a lot of other retailers. But it, it's impossible to find a replacement for that breadth of last shape. Yeah, yeah. And width availability and being able to do a pre-order where you can fit everybody into a boot is so good. Yeah. Because yeah, with Alden pre-orders, I mean, for a while, like people were just used to the fact like, cool, I'm going to get this in three to six months. I'll get my size. Three to I, six months? Well, I mean, that was at Okay, one yeah. Point. I mean, before like... I'm talking about a long time yeah. ago where it was like, this is how... A lot of these companies were staying in business. Yeah. I mean, even like Tom Park at Leather Soul, which love that man dearly, he um for a while, I think to because he had his website was like a blog, and then they would announce a new Alden yep. makeup, and you basically just like emailed and yeah. put like a deposit, it was like a hundred bucks. Yep. And it was cool. I mean, they, they did like cigar shell and yeah, and, I got um, you know, I have a pair of cigar shell LHS from oh, those, Leather Soul. Those were like the best. That I sent you, is it Nick the Cobbler out here and have a, had a day night put on after I wore out the double leather. Oh, that's cool. Got a red day night. Unfortunately, my feet got bigger over COVID and I can't fit the things anymore. Hey man, there's so a market for it. I mean, they're that... on ice for my kid. Oh, there you go. That's a pair yeah. that's not getting sold because I resold, or I'm not going to sell them because the resole and everything about them is just like one of my favorite loafers yeah. of all time. Yeah. And I mean, it is a classic thing. I mean, there's, I'm, I know Alden's fallen off the wagon where we've all kind of talked about, but I mean, still, it's still a pretty decent yeah. shoe. I mean, the, the ones that hit right, the modified last, mm-hmm. the, um, I think it's like the the 79X or something. They've got these wild lasts mm-hmm. in the archives and we designed some really out there collabs that Art didn't approve, but there were some really beautiful lasts. I think the X79 or whatever it was, somebody else ran it and it came out gorgeous. Oh, wow. Um, but then, you know, the idea of rare shell, which is completely untrue, you know, it's like we were at Shinky. You're talking about Shell Cordovan. Yeah, sorry, right? Shell Cordovan, which yeah. 
which is not leather. It's horse butt. It's ho- it's the um, connective tissue inside horse butt. Um, that's why it looks so here. good. <laughs> uh, there's no real. I mean, there's less and less of it because we don't use horses to do work anymore. But like Shinki, we're at Shinki, which is a Japanese yeah, tannery. Pre uh, COVID, in an event where Neil almost drowned in a tannage, tanning vat. Hmm. Again? Again. <laughs> um, no, that was the same incident. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, they just had piles of shell. Yeah. In any color you want. And it's, yeah, Horween can't pump it out, but there is there is still a good bit of shell in the world. And some of it is just like the funniness of how Alden, Alden has a very different view of supply chain in that they want consistency forever. Hmm. They won't onboard new leathers frequently. And that's why a lot of the makeup can seem very samey. Right. Because you're given... The color a, palette isn't as wide. Like the in and out secret menu, you really have four choices. Yeah. Okay. That's a good um, good analogy. So I just pulled off the wall an example of Clinch versus another Japanese bootmaker. But it's just to illustrate to Jeremy like what I mean by like a delicate, refined, like a shoemaker, bespoke shoemaker. So this is Clinch. That's Clinch. Now that's I would the, say this seems very advanced with ten thousand laces on this. Thing. Well, yeah, it's I mean, cool looking. It's a monkey boot. It's a it's called the Gary, I think, and it's like a very it is a very specific boot. It's a, that one's a very narrow boot too. Yeah. It's like a very tight tight fitting, tight lasted. It is beautiful though. I mean, right? You can like the stitching and the shape, and you know, like it's very much bespoke shoemaker type. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, here is the same thing done by Eastman, but made by John Lofgren in Japan. It's again, it's a lace to toe monkey boot, but this one is on a Munson last. Wow. With a uh, Goodyear weld. I mean, it is night and day difference. It's it's, it's essentially significant... the same boot, but it's completely different. Yeah. Not as sleek. Still, yeah, it still looks functional. And, you know, it's still incredibly well made, but you can see the very, the, the philosophy differences of the yeah. designers and makers. I think that that sort of stuff does, you know, I mean, it is, it's probably not a style your boy would rock, but I mean, it is, first off, the, the, Quality yeah. is beautiful, but yeah, these are. I wish I had other clinch boots here to show you, but no. But I mean, I think that that makes that makes a lot of sense of like understanding the difference between those brands and stuff too, and also seeing like why you have them, right? Because otherwise, yeah. what's the point? You may just carry one boot brand. I mean, yeah. I'm not actually suggesting that. I'm just saying, you know. Um, I mean, that's actually a good point that I'll throw in now. The reason we have so many boot brands, and we're always, you know, every time we hear about a brand, we investigate it, is because. There are so many points of view. And it's kind of like how watch people, you know, I see a and couple of divers. Talking. I'm like, oh, there's a diver. Oh, there's another Rolex diver. I guess they both like to dive in their Rolexes. <laughs> and, you know, one's an explorer. You have them, so you don't have to use them. <laughs> exactly. One's an explorer. And what's the other diver? The Well, the explorer is not a diver. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Okay, fine. <laughs> So, okay, well, here. Sub. I'll, okay, it's like I, I see a sub, yeah. I see Explorer. You have I'm a like, sub, you have a Sea Dweller, and you have a Yacht Master. So, right. those are all essentially air quote diving quote watches. However, very few people use those to actually dive. One, because a dive computer is a, a bajillion times better. Um, so, if you see any person diving wearing a Rolex sub, it's just for aesthetics and deflects. But that is what 99% of us do while we're wearing clothes that were essentially the, the gold standard in the 1930s and 40s. Yeah. I mean, surely we could just wear Kevlar and and aerodynamic carbon fiber and be fine however we don't yeah and that's that's fine that's what makes the joy of clothes and all that stuff fun but on the watch stuff yeah the all rolexes 
essentially you could, quote, dive with them if they're oysters, which means it's a hundred meter waterproof. Right. Um, but so anyway, it's, it's like the watch. It's when I'm looking at the boot wall, it's like a watch guy looking at a pile of Rolexes. I might just see a bunch of very, you know, and I used to be a watch guy. Now, now I get confused by the simplest details, but and now you got a dive computer. Is that an Apple watch ultra? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the regular Apple watch. I'll get the ultra hopefully this year after I do an ultra. Yeah. That'll be my reward. Um, but that, that is a dive computer. Yeah. You know, people are the, the big thing, the Apple watch ultra has that on there. It's, it's kind of like, I think the Apple Watch, and I'm, I'm sure many people have said this on your pod before, it's killed watches for me. Yeah, it. I mean, it's even killed watches for me, and I'm a total watch nerd. Like, I would, I've said this, I was talking to someone earlier, I think like three to five days a week, I more or less have an Apple Watch on the whole day, especially because I'll go to the gym, I'll work out, I'm a slave yep. to analytics and data, and I love knowing how much better or worse I did. And you're not going to get that with a Rolex. And, you know, and most people that are buying a Rolex or any sort of higher-end watch, it is true. You're buying it as a status symbol. You're buying it to flex. You can still appreciate the art and the engineering and the design, but also admit to yourself that, yeah, I want yeah. to say and something I, else. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate the aesthetics <laughs> quite a bit, but anyway, we kind of wandered away from... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's sort of like the reason we have so many different kinds of boot is the same thing there's so many kinds of watches because the subtle differences really start to stick out when you throw a pile of them together. Mm. Okay. Just like I showed you with these two lace to toe. Yeah. You know, I can pull, I don't have a lot of engineer boots in stock right now. I really only have three styles. I have two from Attractions, which was one of the first companies in Japan. Oh yeah. Let's, let's explain Attractions then because. Okay. So Attractions is the parent company and then they have sub brands, one of which is Built Buck and Attractions are big retro guys. They love like rock and roll fifties kind of forties things. They're into, they're super into a certain period of time. They make apparel as well, which we see stock and it's all like the big fits of that time and all it's all like one big of a puzzle for them but their footwear their footwear and their leathers are where leather jackets are where they really shine oh they do leather jackets too oh, i'll blow your mind in a second okay um <laughs> And it's actually two guys who just work with a network of factories to make everything that they think of. Oh, okay. So is they they are able to be massive. Two designers, maybe one designer. I need to check my notes. Yeah, you're um, fine. <laughs> but they're, Stitch Down, the website has a good write up about them that we facilitated. Shout out to Stitch Down. It's a good podcast, especially if you're all in the boots. And yeah, it's actually a good place to learn more about the stuff. Where I'm only skimming the yeah, surface. Yeah, we're, we're doing a top line level. Yeah, here, we're doing top purposely. line here. You can you can go watch. You can get your. Uh, if you need 400 hours of. Yeah, you can get your hodinky. <laughs> for footwear yeah. over there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Ben, I expect my check tomorrow. <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, the Stitch Down guys are great and they do a much better job of explaining deeply these things. No, anyway, Attractions, very small team, but they turn out a bunch of beautiful product. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I pulled for Jeremy to look at was two different engineer boots from them, which from a distance, you'd be like, ah, it's the same boot. Yeah. But it's not. It's the same picture. <laughs> No, it's a yacht. Yeah, yeah. So I grabbed um, our collab attractions 444. The 444 is the model number. It's one of their most popular boots. And okay. it's a very, you know, you think in your brain, engineer boot, this is what comes in your head. Yeah, I mean, it it's looks... like a big black engineer boot with a roundish toe. It smells incredible. Horse butt. I think, uh, it's a, I can't remember the, it's got a special treatment. Like, maybe. listen to this. Yeah. That is not flatulation. Yeah. That is a damn nice leather. <laughs> and... We're getting ASMR all of a sudden. <laughs> the ASMR boot podcast. But yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it is beautiful. But then um, the boot that I grabbed that from across the room, you think the same boot, not. 
So what I just had in my hand was Attractions. And this is also Attractions, but this is the Pioneer. Damn it. And this is a... Wait, it's, so what? It's a Pioneer. It's a much older engineer boot shape. Oh, okay. Yeah, what, I can see the difference here. Yeah, you're right. And those are... This particular pair is a Guidi horse butt, um, black Guidi horse butt. It breaks in incredibly well. Um, yeah, the toe box. It's got a completely flat toe, no structure. So it's, yeah. It's a dress shoe engineer boot. This is your, you uh, know... Oh, okay. This is your wide pants, um, bracelet kind of vibe for lack of a better you know i mean also just a stunning let's hear yeah. let's see asmr oh less of a squeak yeah well the guidi sounds sleek. different no squeak when you're sleek yeah the, well that guidi uh like guidi horse butts its own thing the way oh, they yeah, can yeah, yeah. it um yeah i had i had guidi boots back in the day yeah it's and if you ever hear me talking about mariam or see anyone talking about mariam shell cordovan or horse butt mm-hmm. mariam was started by ex guidi employees in italy so they're cousins essentially yeah and i don't remember the sourcing on about half my boots on the wall right now but there's a bunch of mariam up there as well as shinky as well as Horween. And they're all, you know, these are all the top, absolute top tier tanneries in the world. Yeah, absolutely. None are significantly better than the other. And they all have their own very unique quality. And I never thought I'd be a huge Guidi fan. And yeah, because Guidi was very associated with like the goth ninja. Like archival fashion or whatever. Yeah, what, the like, the... shout out Eugene Rabkin and the yeah. style zeitgeist crew. That's like, it, yes. That was like the, the Rabkin Guidi leather. Stuff. Yeah. But seeing it applied in a classic engineer boot. Mm-hmm. And now I'm handing Jeremy my my personal pair of pioneers I've worn for only like three weeks um, and got these soaked are, in. I mean, I don't know if it's because they were previously wet, um, but like these look. They have that guidi look, like the way it loses its gloss so quickly and develops those like incredible rolls. Yeah, you get these nice rolls and then also like, I don't, it's like a dent in a, in a good way. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a life dent. Yeah. <laughs> and the, so you can see on those, I had to size up to fit my width. So that's the toe. Because yeah, what's your shoe size? Um, My real shoe size is. What's your Brannock size? I actually don't know my Brannock size. But, oh, no. So my, in most boots, I wear either an 11 and a half or 12 double E. In sneakers, if I'm wearing sneakers that are actually sized, I wear a 13 double E. So in Hoka, shout out Hoka. There, yep. Big and Ian Saucony, who finally released their race shoes in double E. Okay. 13 double E. And then I think the only 12 I wear anymore is Air Force Ones because those are so, so gigantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in boots, it's always either 11 half or 12. Okay. And a double E. And clinch, with clinch, they make a last for me because they don't have anything that fat for my giant feet. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you're probably somewhat of a unique customer. For yeah, them. I don't actually have that much of our footwear because it's rare that it fits me out the gate yeah so rolling dub trio because you're tall too you're what six five six three six three yeah well, oh no actually i shrank i'm six two now what i shrank over the last 20 years i'm oh posture or something old man shit yeah yep been there okay i know what you're talking about sorry go ahead <laughs> anyway but in boots yeah i'm probably six five yeah um and neil's probably six seven in boots yeah neil's is a giant i mean geez louise yeah um but yeah, to get the get the width, I had to go a little longer. Except Munson last always fits me just fine, so I can wear Rolling Dub in my size, and it's fine. And so, how long did it take you? I mean, obviously, you have a bit of a luxury considering this is your business. Yeah. But if you're, because the the point of this stuff too is for like the people who are like on the fence and they're like, you know what, I want to buy boots. But, and I say this as for me, because I'm that person, but it's like, yeah, but like, do I got to get 30 pairs? And then, you know, in in a lot of things, a lot of people will order stuff from a store knowing that they're going to return a bunch, which... 
I'll, I will say, you're not saying this, like that's hard on smaller stores when well, they don't have a ton of inventory. We, so we deal with this. We are not Amazon. And <laughs> what? this ties deeply into the, the way, the ethics of how we run this business, which is I want to put as much money in my employees' pockets as possible. And we cannot do that if we are ruining inventory by having people try on 15 pairs of boots and all that. And so we have pretty harsh return policies, re- respectively. I'm not, it's not really harsh. You can return stuff, but it's store credit. Yeah. But it's and, not like what people are used to on, say, like Amazon yeah, or whatever, where it's like, you don't even clear. need a box, bring it to UPS and just yeah. hand them the DVD. We are clear and upfront, <laughs> and we will, for a fee, take, like, if you want to order three boots to size them, you can talk to us. We'll work it out. The restock fee. So it's not like buying five pairs of shoes from Zappos, because that's probably a $500 order for some sneakers. Yeah. 3% credit card processing fee on three pairs of boots at 1500 each. Let's say that. That's a lot of money. Sure. And what we ask, our restock fee actually just pays us back for the credit card fees. That's it. Right. At the end of the day. And we're not at, we don't make money in returns. We don't, we try to make it extremely fair for everyone, but we will go out of our way to size people correctly. Yeah. So so you're not in that situation. Yeah. When we see people ordering multiples and I'm actually working on some automation to deal with this is we'll just flag that order and somebody will manually email them and say, Hey, do you need sizing help? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a good idea. Cause I think a lot of times too, like I've done this for myself into which I'll order order multiples of something. And it was only when I talked to other friends who own stores and they're like, yo, that really Fs me. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Like I was just trying to, because it's never malicious. No one wants that. But you're just like trying to also not bother them. I was like, yeah, Yeah. I didn't want to bother you. And I didn't want to, and it was like. We love to be bothered. (laughs) Like we are so (laughs) invested in customer service and being able to talk about product that we love it when people ask. Right. And it's not about the upsell. It's about having a relationship, being humans with each other and talking about this shit at length. And, you know, some customers don't want to do that, but some people do like appreciate human connection over, you know, beautiful product. Yeah. And that's why we don't, it's not bothering us. It's great. We love it. We love to, you know, you want to email us and be like, well, should I buy, you know, you know, this one leather, this leather jacket or that leather jacket. And we can be like, well, what's your personal style? How do you yeah. want to fit? <laughs> like, what else do you wear? And with boots, we can be like, well, tell us what other footwear you have, you know? And if that doesn't work, we can kind of drill down and be like, okay, well, can you go to somewhere that has Red Wing or can you go somewhere that has a Brannock or like, can you figure mm. out a starting point and we can work it out from there? Right. Yeah. You so know, if you're someone like me and it's like, I want to get a pair of boots, I with I love and admire these other things, but like, I'm I'm not at engineer level yet. I'm more at like the well, six inch service boot sort of thing. Well, where it's actually like, the the winner for like the starter boot. Yeah, what's the starter boot? Sort of like it's the service boot kind of thing. You know, it's like those those horse butt lace horse butt lace up service boots from Lofgren. There's a cap toe. There's not a cap toe. You know, we have the Visum Virgils are also yeah. great. I mean, I, I mean, the Virgils those. like the perfect example of a service boot that everybody knows in kind of our sphere. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's an interesting take on it. It's super well made. You know, it's Visum pricing, but that factory that they're using is a world-class Goodyear welted factory. Yeah. They are good boots and, you know, I do kind of love them. They don't fit me, but, you know, there's, but what a lot of people gravitate towards too, and shout out to a Blamo member who I helped, helped out with this, is the side zip Casper. Yeah, because that's not a Chelsea boot. I it's not a clear. Chelsea. There's no elastic there. Yeah, so it's crazy. It's like its own thing. It's a side zip boot that's not a Chelsea, but it doesn't have a delicate silhouette. It's got a bump toe. Yeah, it does. It looks more like kind of a regular 
Yeah, it's like a service boot. Yeah, it's kind of it's what one of the things that Rolling Dub. Uh, this does. is Rolling Dub. Yeah, they do this well. Is they make a boot that no one else really makes. Yeah, and, that, I mean, it does look really good. It's kind of also like a Blundstone. Yeah, in a way, it's like with the silhouette. But, you know, you can read it a million ways, and they're super comfortable because with the side zip, they can have a really tight ankle. Right. And you know, it's a very that's one of our most popular boots from them. We typically I'm kind of shocked we have any in stock. Uh, um, what the hell is on the toe? That's a toe tap. That's you don't wear out your toe, your boot. Is this metal? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, detail from you know fine yeah. fo- from fine footwear. I mean, I yeah, I used to. I had those Tom Brown shoes yeah. when they had the metal toe taps, and I yeah. s- slipped down the stairs on. But these actually look better. Yeah, it's you know it's just a, it's it, a detail. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it, and those are on. Um, I forget some kind of corded sole. It's a uh, neoprene cork. Sorry, it's a neoprene cork sole. Very comfortable is, boot. And it's very nice. Yeah, the Horween Chrome Excel is the leather with a lot of pull up. To, and you know, breaks in fast. It's soft and it's comfortable. And so that's kind of my like. If someone was like, if someone came came in like you just did and said i want a boot i would sleek (laughs) and quiet this is a big big loud zip sound though yep you know there you do have to be careful like zipping and unzipping you have to unzip it all the way to take your foot out so you don't break the zipper you have to use common sense but Uh, i mean this also looks like it's still uh, oh it's a gnarly brass zipper no one yeah yeah yeah, you're not it's just like you put so much force on your boot and you're jamming your foot in there oh We've had okay, yeah. We had like one boot failure from that, and ever since then we've a boot failure. Well, we learned it's because <laughs> no zipper is strong enough halfway down to survive jamming your foot in there. Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. You know, no no boot maker it makes a boot with a zipper that can survive that kind of abuse. Yeah, that's like one direction I point people in, and then the other direction is I'm going to take the, the long way over to the shelf where I go past the refrigerator again. Uh, please pause for a momentary edit. So during that brief break, I went and got another beer and also grabbed two John Lofgren boots. Okay. And so John Lofgren, despite the Swedish name, he is made in Japan. Yep. John is a vintage dealer who moved to Japan, I don't know, a billion years ago, 20, 30, and got really into vintage stuff. None of it fit him. He started making repro vintage clothing, but then got into vintage boots and started out by making repro engineer boots, Mm. which we have up there as well. And it's one of our top sellers, honestly. It's incredible. John's focus is making the most comfortable boot possible Mm -hmm. and he moves away from literal interpretation in favor of comfort and material okay and material sourcing is very important to john so it was top tier across the board so it's like almost all the boots have some form of the vibram v-bar sole the four something series i really Mm -hmm. should take a notes beforehand but no you're fine i mean i think this is a a neoprene sole from uh vibram that is hard wearing yet grippy and comfortable all at once this is like a rough out yep that's the rough out horween chrome excel and uses only top tier leathers, Chrome Excel or Horween, typically Horween and Shinky, sometimes Mario are, and I think for some of the finer um, shoes of John's, 
like French calf and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's some Munson last service boot, similar to the Virgil. So if you're imagining this, it's got a Virgil look to it and it's got that Munson last shapes. It's got a nice round toe mm-hmm. and it's very, very comfortable. And typically this is one of those ones where people will buy the natural rough out. And then we, when we release the limited edition colors, they'll buy every color as they come in. Oh, wow. Um, what, once in a while, we'll roll out a black rough out version. Oh yeah, I called bet the that. black cat, and we pull. We only do that every few years. Those usually sell through pretty quick, and we also do a black horse butt. And people just love this because it's sleek. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it's a no, unstructured toe box again. Which you know, there's nothing in there, just just leather. Mm-hmm. They're very very comfortable and very easy to wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I had a pair of the black ones for some time, but. That was during the feet growing a full size during COVID, and I had to give them up. Very sorry about that. And then the next boot from Lofgren I've got is the... This is way more structure to it. Yeah, this one is called the Ludlow. This is essentially the John Lofgren combat boot, but without a cap toe. And the combat is one of the long-running styles that he's made. And this is a plain toe lace-up. Very simple boot, great material showcase. And Jeremy's rubbing one that has a ton of characteristic horsehide grain. Yeah, it does. Jeez Louise. And grain's a whole other thing with horse butt, because sometimes you get a ton of very visible grain, and sometimes you don't. And we actually have customers asking us, like, can you pick the grainiest or the least grainy? Can you grain match the pair? And so on. I mean, it Look at how narrow this waist is. Yeah, this is, it's a great last. Yeah, it looks really nice. And that one, that is like a true E. Mm. Uh, in my size in that, I have to take a 12 double E. So for those, I got to get them made. But it's a very, very comfortable boot. John's folks, like he's obsessed over the lasts that he's built. These are all custom lasts to be as comfortable as possible all day long. And John used to have a farm work on a farm and easily yeah john slow down man yeah would break in his boots you know test boots by going back to fresno and working on the farm as one does of course <laughs> Sorry, I should say he, he was from Fresno, lived in Japan, back to Fresno, back and forth. So, wow, she's elite. Um, that's kind of the, you know, those are the highlights for what I would pick for a first time boot buyer. And start you know, here, get start to here. engineer. But I'd also say engineer boots, like double riders, like leather jackets, it's you put it on, you wear it, and it's fine. Nobody notices if you wear it like you own it. Mm, okay. I think I know what you mean. Well, we, I mean, I see this with engineer boots and I see it with a lot of our leather jackets where people are, they'll come in and they'll try on a leather jacket to look great. And they'll be like, I don't know if I'm a leather jacket guy. And I'm like, yeah. you're wearing a leather jacket. You have instantly become. You have, you are a leather jacket guy. Yeah. Am and, I leather jacket guy? You are leather jacket. You know, it's sort of this, um, <laughs> I guess, guy fashion thinking where. That's the can I pull it off attitude sort of thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. overly fixating on details that don't matter. So it's back in the early days of the shop, we would have people reject button down shirts because they were too formal, which if you're listening to this and you're into menswear, you understand why that's laughable. But people are like, well, I don't know if I can do this button down. It's like, hmm. it's one detail on the shirt. It's right. actually, and I had to always avoid going into special interest mode and talking about how it was so radical that in Japan, when button-down shirts rolled out in the 50s or 60s, whatever, you know, parents would cut the buttons off because it was such a disrespectful shirt to wear. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> it's just like a wild sto- wild side story. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But, you know, you put someone puts on a double rider and it's got a couple, you know, these zippers and snaps, but the fact is it all just fades into the background and it just, you're wearing a leather jacket. Engineer yeah. boots are the same too. No one's staring your feet saying that guy's got engineer boots i bet he's a tough biker <laughs> right yeah you know, it's, it's true i mean i think that's with anything like you 
Very few people care about what you're wearing. Yeah. and It's really only the other people who listen to the show who are going to do it. And even then, 99% of those people are not going to start judging you. They're more just looking for some sort of... It's like watch people. When you like you see a guy wearing an Explorer or something like that, and you're like, oh, I bet that dude's into watches. Yeah. You know? And it's like, there's, there's your icebreaker. And the, and the thing about, I mean, both engineer boots and leather jackets, once they're broken in and they look natural, look like you've worn them, no, nobody questions it. The right. only time I've, I've had two times ever in my life where someone has like called out that I was wearing engineer boots and it's because they were brand new and shiny and noticeable. And that was it. And it was just like, hey, you got some new boots, man. Those are cool. That's it. Right. It's never like, what are you, some kind of motorcycle guy? Yeah. Yeah. Harley's Angels. Or Hell's Angels. Harley's yeah. Angels. Wow. But, Amar, leave that in so people know how stupid I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> but hilariously, I don't even wear engineers. Like my motorcycle boots are actual like armored zip up fucking technical looking things. They're mm. not, I don't really wear engineer boots on the bike. Well, because. Well, also because I stopped riding after I cracked my kneecap and broke the head on my BMW. But uh, wow. Neil, on the other hand, wears his engineer boots all the time on his bike. Yeah. He just drove across yeah, the country. Yeah. 5,400 miles or something or some insane number. He took a long way yeah. too. He didn't just shoot straight no, across. No, no. He went everywhere and all in the same pair of engineer boots. That's interesting. But they're not, you know, it's not like a biker thing. It's not a. They're yeah. very, they can be very low key. And I'm actually going to do a demonstration right now for Jeremy. Now my boots are dry. What? Uh-oh. I'm going to transform, transform my lower body as I remove <laughs> my shameful foam footwear. There's nothing wrong with Crocs. Oh, no. You can just call them out. I, love, I wear so Crocs at home all the time. I'll go on a side rant about Crocs in a minute. <laughs> yeah, though, I mean, okay. So those look great. Like, it's just a pair of yeah, shoes. For context, <laughs> I'm just wearing relatively straight leg jeans. Like, a What are the jeans? OA Yolkton. Okay. Of course. I mean, yeah. but it's like for the Blamo crowd, it's like the Orslo 105. Like, it's a straight leg. Yeah. You know, 1950s, 501 cut. Nothing weird. Nothing super wide. Nothing tapered. And, and they just look like. Yeah. No one's like, oh, my God, there's some engineer boots under there are you going to murder me yeah yeah that's those look good yeah and now do you ever polish these or anything or you just wear i don't but you can and it's easy because horse butt you just brush them with a um, horse with a horse hair brush yeah, yeah. And it'll bring up all the fat horses always brush their own ass with their yeah. own tails yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i mean that that does look really good yeah they just vanish they're like there you go yeah it's true i think it helps though one thing is like i like sleeker looking shoes and the fact that you don't have like a bubble toe versus like yeah. some other stuff it does it it you know it looks it's nice the silhouette it's very sort of flat in a in a nice way i mean it's, it's yeah. and it's yeah. a very retro mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. it's really the the most pure expression of an engineer boot is the flat toe yeah early ones the bubble toe is really a later thing right and i think that was heavily influenced by you know workwear and steel toes and i remember trying to buy engineer boots in high school and it was all big bubble toe i do not have that memory you were trying to buy engineer boots in high school yeah damn that's cool yeah, I think I wound up with some eight-inch oxblood docks that I wore. Yeah, I was say, it probably had to have been Doc Martens, yeah, right? Yeah, the Made in England's that I wore for the next, like, seven years. Going run, low, low, run. Yeah. Until there's nothing left of them. Uh, and I stupidly threw them away before I learned that you can resold them. Wow. Are they making boots upstairs, by the way? I don't know what they're doing up there. Yeah. <laughs> Log dancing? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Jeremy, this was extremely informative but this is excellent i we got to do more of these sort of deep dive or 101 sort of things well jeremy jeremy from one jeremy to another thank you <laughs> all right thanks thank babe. You, see ya right that was fun that was interesting a lot of boot talk so uh hopefully maybe now you're a boot person whatever 
Uh, but anyway, thanks so much. You've been listening to Blamo. This is a special bonus episode. We have our new season launching very soon with lots of new interviews and all sorts of fun stuff like that. But uh, if you like the show, give us some feedback. Give us five-star reviews on whatever app you're using. If you're using Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those things. We're edited by Amar Lal. Our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And I'm Jeremy Kirkland, talking to you now. So thanks so much. We will talk to you all soon. Later.